minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0, and liftoff. All right, all right, all right. What's happening, gents? Good What's to see up? you guys. What's going on? What's going on? Man, oh man, good to have you guys on. Last last week, uh, me and T Rock did the show, just the two of us, and had a uh, had a great <laughs> had a great time. Probably too much fun. Got a little you know, went a little off the rails, but uh, that was a uh, that was a fun fun show. We covered a lot of ground uh, from from playoff games to Demar Hamlin conspiracy theories to. The Tony Rich Project to pawn shop employees. Uh, we co- covered a lot of covered a lot of uh, lot, lot of ground, and uh, so we got some ground to cover tonight as well. Coming off of the weekend of uh, of NFL games that we had, uh, but before we jump into anything, uh, Jeff, I know you had a uh, a little something you want to discuss. I don't know if we want to say a bone to pick with something that was said last week, or how you want to. How you want to phrase oh. it? I'll, I'll just kind of throw it over to you and let you let you take. You it. know what? In my, in my greatest Greta Thunberg uh, voice, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wish T Rock was here to um, to you know to, to hear this and to defend himself. Like eh, whatever, you don't need to defend yourself. But there was uh, I was listening as I was uh, running um, to the bathroom every three seconds with the uh, stomach virus that my seven-year-old so graciously uh gave to me uh, gift that kept on giving and i'm listening to the show yeah man i'm listening to the show and i'm hearing you all talk about uh your super bowl trip and everything and uh and and the subject was brought up of uh rooting for the other team and i'm like i'm listening i'm like this jerk is talking about me now wait, so when you, you say rooting for the other team, right? Like, well, let's explain what that means a little sure. bit. Sure. So I'm a Steeler fan. So I'm a Steeler fan. Of course, everyone knows. Uh, you know, yeah. live and die with them. I hope they go 17 and 0 each year, win the Super Bowl every <laughs> single year. But once we're out, I don't care. I I, I don't care. I, I I just don't like it. We're out. Whatever. So you all were traveling at the time. Y'all were in Virginia living, and you guys were traveling to, if I'm not mistaken, New Orleans. New Orleans. Orleans. For the Super Bowl. Yes. 2012 Super Bowl, Baltimore Ravens, San Francisco 49ers. And you all are spending quite quite a stack of money to to not only travel down there, hotel stay, and then on top of that, your Super Bowl tickets. Yeah. Now, oh, it's a whole thing. I mean, I, and we and Tim and I have talked about this. We will at some point do a little, uh, I don't know, retrospective and answer questions about what it's like actually going to the Super Bowl and all that stuff. We've sure. got a ton of pictures and video. You know, we were on the I think about the thirty-five yard line. Uh, amazing, yeah. amazing Great seats. Tickets. It was an insane, yeah. insane game. I mean, yeah, yeah. A, amazing experience. But yeah, uh, I mean, and that yeah. was. That that Not was the uh, the the when you guys had an amazing just unsurmountable lead and then all of a sudden the lights yeah, go lights out. Lights go out. <laughs> I mean, just everything, right? All the drama yeah. that goes with that. And so, you all are my friends. You all are some of my best friends. Like I, I had this conversation um, yesterday with with one of my buddies, and I was like, you know, I got you know probably three, uh, you know, best friends that from college that I'm still hanging out with. We're all doing the show together. So y'all are my great friends and y'all have spent thousands of dollars. I don't want to see you all travel. Uh, how many miles is that? 600, 700 miles? Like, yeah, right? probably. I mean, yeah. right somewhere it's in that neighborhood, plenty, plenty. <laughs> plenty of miles to travel all the way down there to lose the game. And the fact that you all were offended by the fact that as a Steeler fan, I would root you all and say, man, I really want to see my buddies happy and win the game because my team's out. Obviously they're not in the Super Bowl. Had they been in the Super Bowl, I would have been rooting for them, obviously, but they're not. I was a little bit offended. I got to be honest with you. I was a little taken (laughs) aback that you all would not accept my 
hope that you all would be uh, winning the Super Bowl. So before we say you all, I think it's important to understand that this was a T-Rock thing he brought It up. was, but you were not disagreeing with him. I'll say that. Well, you weren't so disagreeing with him. Sounds so like here's, Tad. Yeah. Here's, here's, here's how it went down. I don't even know that it was definitively only around the idea of the Super Bowl, but just in general, rival like rooting for a rival team. And so the idea, and one of the things was, you know, this idea that people who, you know, want the team in their division to win the Super Bowl, right? So it's like, oh, if the Ravens and Steelers are out, we're going to root for the Bengals to win because they're in our division and we want to see the division win. And the point is, no, there's zero chance I would ever root for the Bengals to win. Like, I, that's a team I just have no respect for. But but then that turned into the thing of like, yeah, you know, and he said, of course, leaving the, the identification of the person out, just saying... <laughs> We have a friend who is a Steelers fan and said that he would root on the Ravens, and I don't understand that. Um, I, yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I don't get. I don't like how. So you would not if I if I am spending all that money, would you not root for? Would you not be like, hey man, I hope y'all win? Um, Here's what I would say. Here's what I would say. I'd say maybe I would be. Um, I'd be caught up in your happiness. Whatever the outcome is, is what the outcome is. So I would want you to have a great hotel stay. I would want you to have a safe trip all the way down. I would want you no to enjoy all, enjoy your time in New Orleans. Get drunk. Have fun. Go to the bars. Have a good time. Um, but as far as the outcome of the game, I'm, I'm just, you know, I want you to have a good time. If that means the Ravens win, you know, which they did. Then yeah, great. You know, um, good for you. But uh, I, yeah, I don't know that I'd be. Could like, you hey. really have a good time? And uh, like, to how pissed would you have been to spend all that money to go down there to see the Ravens lose? I, I couldn't imagine dropping that kind of cash to see my team lose wait, the wait, biggest wait, game it, ever. And fifty percent, fifty percent of the people do that. For for those, yeah. you know, I'm gonna go ahead, go ahead and put this in quotes. Um, you know. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, but uh, them them taking the trip, I would just want them, and I quote, "Have a good time, enjoy yourselves." You know what I mean? Like that. That's what I would say for you guys to go do. Uh, the outcome, I mean, you know, it's funny. I know you guys were talking about how things are rigged and stuff like that, but how ironic in this game, um, the power goes out, and then all of a sudden, oh, yeah. you know, San Francisco just comes on this you know major comeback, and the game's starting to get close. You know, I'm not saying it's rigged. You know, I'm not going to say that. I know that's a word that we've been passionately throwing around there. But for Tad and T-Rock's experience in the Super Bowl, like, to me, that would have made it just that much more better uh, in having gone to the experience. And, again, quotes, experiencing the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think to answer the question of would we, you know, want you to you or your team to be successful, I think it would depend on who they're playing. <laughs> but <laughs> like, <laughs> because I mean, there's like if it's it's not an automatic that like that if if my team doesn't make it, then whoever your team is is my second favorite team. Um, I mean, had you all I, not gone to the game, I probably would have been rooting for San Francisco. But the fact <laughs> that you all were going there, spending your hard-earned money. <laughs> Yeah, I want y'all to win. I don't want you to come back miserable. I don't want you to come back and be like, man, we just dropped ten grand and we yeah. lost. Well, it's funny because we talked about that at the time, you know, when we were at the Super Bowl about how, like, man, what must it feel like to go through all of this and have your team lose? Like, man, a, I mean, this is yeah. it's a process. And I can tell you, like I said, we will have more conversation about it. We don't spend, you know, all night tonight talking about the Super Bowl. Uh, and experiences with it, but I can tell you it's a process and, you know, everything that goes into not only getting tickets and being at the Super Bowl, but the, all of the events going on around the Super Bowl and just, you know, when you're in the middle of everything and navigating that and, you know, getting into the stadium and going through all the metal detectors and just all of the different things you have to do because security is crazy. And it's right. like, man, to get there, you spent all the money, you put in all the effort, you took the time, you get there, and you're watching the game. And it, the Super Bowl is a really interesting dynamic because it is nowhere near as loud and crazy and everything as you would think that it is. Because half of the people there are oh, rooting man. against your team. You know, right. so it's, it would be the smallest 
crowd your team has ever had that they're playing in front of because yeah. if there's 70,000 people there, half of them are rooting against you. And right. so it, it really kind of – the energy and everything in the game is nowhere near the same as it is a, like a home playoff game or even a wild card game. Totally different. I've been to playoff games, wild card games, everything. And yeah. it, it, way more exciting because, again, it's you know it's all your fans versus only half of the people. Yeah. Well, see, I, what I'll say to that, though, is that we've heard so much that the Super Bowl has gone so corporate that the tickets that are that given too. out or the tickets that, that are being bought end up just going to more – you know, corporate, you know, suppliers and people that, that, that are ending up at the game may not even be fans of either team. You know what I mean? So yeah, sometimes that's, that's why I think the the crowd noise gets taken out of that because it's such a corporate thing that people do now, you know, therefore, you know, where your fans end up paying an arm and a leg to find tickets in the nosebleed, you know, to be yeah. there. And then maybe you just can't hear them so much in the game. Did you all see the uh, Darren Ravel tweet where he, um, Tweeted a view of the um, of the stadium, and it was I, I don't even know might have been like club level, and he was like for this view for the Super Bowl, it's going to cost. It was like six sixty six hundred dollars or something like that. Yeah, I think the cheapest seats I've seen are over forty eight hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah this <laughs> I mean that's insane. I just oh man, uh, that's a whole other conversation. Would you go if you had the chance, knowing that your team could lose? Oh man. That's just so much money. <laughs> I'll <laughs> like say I, this, you know, T-Rock and I have talked about this. I don't foresee a time where the Ravens would go to the Super Bowl that I would not go. I think I would go to every Super Bowl. Every single one. Yeah. Yeah. Unless I just straight up could not make it happen. Right. Uh, but the plan, we almost went to the game in 2000. Again, a story for a different Oh, yeah, day, that was we in almost Tampa, right? To, yeah, that was yes, uh, correct. Tampa yeah. at the time. Yeah. And uh, we came super close. Uh, some some crazy timing with it's it's too long a story to get into right now but uh we had a a member of the baltimore orioles who was going to be getting us into the game and then the night before his wife goes into labor uh, unexpectedly i remember and so, all that yeah, yeah so it's a whole thing yeah, we were, but uh we were still in college at that point yeah yeah and man, we were super pumped and and uh everything was lining up perfect and then at the last minute turns out we're not going to go to the super bowl so we would have gone to both and been two for two, uh, but uh, you know the one that we went to is still an insane, insane experience. So, but it does lead me into something that you know I read about, and it kind of ties in perfectly with this. Was a lot of people have been upset that uh, Cowboys player Micah Parsons congratulated Eagles player Lane Johnson uh, after their game and wished him the best of luck and said, "Hey, you know, go win the Super Bowl." And a lot of people are upset that anyone from the Cowboys would ever be congratulating the Eagles on the idea of, you know, you know, going out and and winning and then hoping that they're going to win the Super Bowl. And it kind of brought up that 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 same idea of like I don't think professional athletes care nearly as much about the idea of rivalries between teams as the fans do. That is such a fan built up sure. thing oh, yeah. the players man it's like i work at this company i work at this company how much do i care necessarily on which company you know like they just don't see it the same way yep. certain teams i'm sure you don't like certain players you don't like and you know it's a bigger deal because of it right we still know but some of that is just because it's hyped up so much in the media when the ravens right. and steelers play there's a lot more attention so it makes sense that the that the players are going to feel that type of thing as well but i don't think in the grand scheme of things that they actually like hate these teams and these organizations is they're paid employees. They don't need to worry about anything else. No, I, I don't, again, I, I don't, I don't see the big deal in it. I mean, I, I heard it was like, this is peak. Uh, this is peak Dallas <laughs> right here right, right. with him saying that, like, <laughs> this is all you need to know about Dallas. Huh? <laughs> Who cares? Like, do you think like Micah Parson cares what you think? Like, yeah, he's right. And, and for me, like, I know you said like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want the Bengals to win. I don't want, you know, I don't want anyone in my division to necessarily win. But to me, it's like, yeah, but then that kind of like, if someone in your division wins, you'd be like, yeah, well, you know, we played the eventual Super Bowl champs twice. Like, I, I think it speaks yeah. more to your division. Like, Hey man, we played these, you know, the, the division, you know, the Super Bowl champs, we played them tough, you know, Right, yeah. this, it, it, you can almost stack division. up against them. Yeah, you, it's yeah. like you could, it's like a measuring. Yeah. Like, oh man, they just exactly won. It. We, yeah. we we played them well, or we beat them twice, or we beat them. You know what I mean? Like, I get right. that. I get that right. whole side of it. Yeah. yeah, like this is this is a tough division. You know, this this is where the Super Bowl 
you know, champion came from our division. So it's not a big deal to me. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Cowboys have way more problems than like <laughs> <Exactly>. a Parsons <laughs> rooting on an eagle. Yeah, showing some decent sportsmanship is not on, <laughs> not high on the list of what's wrong with the Cowboys. So, I mean, at this point, they don't have an offensive coordinator. Uh, they oh, they almost fired their head coach, who uh, was still successful with uh, what a twelve win season, and you know all these things. And I mean, they're yep. just like, yeah, they they got way bigger, way bigger issues than Micah Parsons being friendly and and cordial to an opposing player that's uh well i mean like you said i mean it was the fans that were having the most issues with what was being said and you know fan is short for fanatic right that's somebody that's just basically obsessed with a team and so they're gonna have issue because they can't separate the two right they're just so obsessed with their team their colors and what it is that they're you know what they think they're representing that they take it personal that you know this guy's on my team how dare him you know say something to another team that's our you know our arch rivals and you know wish them luck like who who is he who does he think he is so right. you know i i get that now we i know we've all have similar interests in movies and stuff like that it's like when you think about the movie the fan right where mm-hmm. robert de niro and uh is, is a, yeah wesley snipes and he's a fan and now how what does he do he gets He's more than just a fan. He's a fanatic, right? That's that's the whole thing. Like, he gets crazy yeah. over it. And that's what I think happens to people that are fans of teams. Uh, they can't separate it, you know? They can't they can't take the two out. And, you know, he's just another person wishing another person luck. You beat yeah. my team. Good luck. Go get him. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. Hope you win. Yeah. I, I just yeah. – Silly. I used to be that type of a person. Like, literally, like, if the Steelers lost, it would ruin my Monday. Like, oh, my yeah. entire <laughs> day – was yeah. done. Like, I would go to work just ticked off and like, don't talk to me. And I want to, you know, and then I was like, <laughs> wait a second. You know, they're not sending not me paychecks it. if they win. Yeah. They're not sending <laughs> me paychecks if they lose. Why do I care so much? So I'm trying and it's tough. I mean, I'll admit it's tough to ever root for anyone on the Bengals, you know, like, yeah. you know, or anyone on the Ravens or, or, or the Browns, but like, I'm trying to be a fan of football at this point and like recognizing like, just recognizing good players like man that dude is so good like jamar chase yeah. dang yeah. is he so good you know like yeah, joe burrow nah, not so much his last game which we'll get into but yes. dang is he good you know uh it, it, yeah. so yeah i don't know but uh i digress uh wish well, let's talk a little bit about himself this. but uh he's yeah not, well so. he, he, he hopefully maybe will be next week we'll, we'll see uh you know how that goes but <laughs> might be able to might be able to to have a full uh cage match next week and uh determine <laughs> determine just through sheer bloodlust uh who, who wins uh <laughs> but moving on from that i want to review a little bit about the games from this weekend in the nfl mm. That's right. Let's face it. We had some really good games, man. We had some interesting games. This matchup was, again, the first game didn't go the way anyone thought it was going to go. And the second game probably went the way everyone hoped that it would go, which is that first game, uh, you know, look, Eagles, Niners, Personally, I thought that was gonna that was the game I was most excited to see. Cow got ripped off, and it just it was just kind of like you you want to see that game played on a level playing field, right? You can't two passes into the game have the Niners lose their quarterback, who was already their what third string quarterback. They have to bring in a fourth string Josh Johnson to be able to try to completely complete the rest of the game. So now you're completely one dimensional and it makes it super easy for the Eagles to tee off. And, you know, I think it was frustrating. And then, you know, as it pertains to poor Brock Purdy, who comes out there, he's done so much and comes out and, and it right away gets injured. And now he's having surgery and, uh, you know, we just have to hope, have to hope for the best for young Brock Purdy. Uh, you know, he's uh He's, now he's got to bounce back from a significant injury. And, you know, that's going to be uh, a story in the offseason for the Niners and for him as well. I mean, what's what's going to play out like that? So I think this game, unfortunately, ended up being disappointing. But, uh, you know, you guys have any thoughts on uh, on what you saw? Yeah, I mean, look, going into it, we were all pumped. We were all thinking that, all right, we're going to have something here to play with. Um, you know, 
Purdy had, you know, been blowing our minds with the, you know, the, the things that he's been able to do on the field. Um, so just looking at it, yeah, we thought, man, this one's going to be just a, a, a fight, you know, a fight from the word go. And injury happened. <laughs> they lose their first quarterback. Then their next quarterback gets concussed. And, I mean, what what do you do, right? Like, what, if you're a Niners fan, you know, I think their next option was putting McCaffrey back there and letting him run the Wildcat as your yep. fifth-string quarterback um, was going to be your, your next option. Um, so, I guess, in the end, you know, yeah, it was very disappointing. Um, I'm with you, Tad. Uh, give me a healthy – both of these teams' healthy roster – um, I I think that would that would be a show. That would be yeah. something that we'd all like, you know would pay money to see because um, you know the Niners they played well. They just man a quarterback away. How many times have the, we said stuff like that? You know for them a quarterback yeah, away for from that them. one yeah, team for that too. One team, it's yeah. crazy that one team away. can never ever ever maintain a healthy quarterback. It's the yep. one one role on their team that they can't seem to to figure out and and keep healthy. It just but, it's shocking. So, I mean, is that the the curse of having a Joe Montana and a Steve Young for as long as you did, and then all of a sudden, like people don't understand Jim the value? Jim Miller. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. You know, you just don't understand the true value of what Still a quarterback is, is capable of doing for your franchise. No, you know? it's crazy. That's a, yeah. We yeah. were ripped off, man. That's all it was. It was just a complete and total rip off. And and hats off to that that San Fran D because they hung in there for as long as, as long they as they could. could. Yeah, and they were just throwing everything at them. Uh, you know, at Hertz and that whole thing. I, I just, oh, man. I mean, it's it's a it's a shame. That you know, we were like, "Oh man, we got ripped off because a third string quarterback got hurt." You know, yes, but that's right. the way Birdie Purdy was playing is you know as a number one, number one. You know, and now you know they're talking six months minimum. The first when I saw the hit, what I texted you guys, I said Tommy oh, yeah. John surgery. I yep, said yep, Tommy yep. John, and they're trying to avoid it. But if they can't, that's a year. No way. Now I'm already seeing things come out. You know, it's funny how you don't hear anything about Trey Lance. Now all of a sudden I'm hearing <laughs> Trey Lance is going to be ready by minicamp. You know, he's going to yep. be ready. He's on track to Coming come back. back. From that ankle. It's like, here we go again. You know, it's just never ending. And that's, that's what I texted. San Fran, always a quarterback away. Here's yep, one thing right. I will say, and this should change, and I'm hoping this changes um, in the offseason at the, at the owners' meetings. There should be, there has to be a roster exemption for a third quarterback. I mean, we do they, they do this in hockey, right? So you have you have your two you have your two goalies, and then you've got the third one who literally just stand, sets up in the stands, gets paid, eats popcorn <laughs> or whatever. Chances right. of you needing that is is slim to very none, but it has happened in occasions where you need that you need the third goalie to come in and play, right? And suit sure. up. I'm not saying this would have made any difference at all, but l- legit Purdy couldn't throw the ball more than, you know, one yard past the line of scrimmage. Not even. He was throwing it to the line of scrimmage on trying yeah, to Yeah, I mean, he plays. himself said that, like, when he went in, he could not feel his hand. He could not throw the ball more than five or ten yards. That's why they were yep. just doing screen passes that were practically yep. shovel passes because the guy just ca- physically cannot do anything right. with that arm. Once you have a, a ripped-up tendon in your arm – and your elbow makes it pretty hard to throw a football. To anything. <laughs> so, so there yeah, needs to be crazy. an exemption, a roster exemption to have that throw. Because you can't have this. This is your championship game. Yeah. You're down 21 points, and all you can do is <laughs> hand the ball off because you, you, your, your backup quarterback is now injured and out, and your your starting quarterback can't throw the ball because he can't feel his hand. Have that roster exemption. Let them have the third quarterback. Don't let it be a spot that, that gets taken up. And I get those spots are valuable, and the chances of this happening are always slim. But it's never zero, right? I mean, no. we – and I'm not saying if you get down to your fifth-string quarterback, chances of them winning are, are very, pretty very slim. low, right? I mean – Yeah, pretty slow. But, um, but still, at least he could – theoretically throw the ball 10 yards down the field, right? Give us some semblance of an offense, you yeah. know, where the night, you know, where the Eagles couldn't stack the box, you know, with literally everybody because they knew they couldn't throw the ball. So I, I'm hoping in the offseason they look at that and they change that to where they will give a roster exemption for that uh, third string quarterback. Did you all see though Garoppolo on the bench laughing <laughs> and stuff? 
Yeah, a lot's been it's made. Like, oh, that. wish I had a helmet. Like you know, uh-huh. give me a helmet to get in the game, right? Like very yeah. weird, very weird. Because yeah. I always looked at him as like, yeah, this guy looks like he can lead a team, and boy, that that just it wasn't a good look. I mean, I who knows what was said and everything, but it definitely wasn't a good look for him. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was definitely interesting that he would kind of go about it that way. I mean, you know, again, what in that moment, I guess maybe at a certain point, you just kind of throw your hands up and say, look, man, what, what are we supposed to do? Like, and I, and I'm sitting here, I feel like the jerk because I can't go in. I can't play. I wish I could. I don't know what to do. Like, you know, it's just frustrating. I mean, I can't imagine the guy wants to lose, you know, I, I don't think sure. he's going to take that very easily. So it's, it's tough, but uh, you know, and I'll tell you this though, who in the world, when this season started, and this is, you know, I, I think for Niners fans and even for just football fans, who in the world would have thought when this season started that if you were watching any game and you saw Brock Purdy get his arm hit, that your reaction would be, <laughs> like, you would have never dreamed that that would be a thing that you would be concerned about. Like, Brock Purdy, like, before the season, that's Mr. Irrelevant. This is a guy who barely, yeah. he probably won't even make your roster. And now, you're now in the NFC Championship out, um... game. Who did he beat out? Was it was it Sudfeld? I I can't remember. Yeah, he beat out somebody yeah. just to make the you know just yeah. to make the roster. So and it's like now you end up with people actually invested in his story, and and everyone's upset when the guy gets injured, and they're rooting for him to come back and 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 be healthy and everything else. Uh, you know, I mean, it was it went from that kind of fairy tale fairy tale story to a little bit of a of a nightmare ending for him and for Niners fans. So it was. Uh, it was a tough one, but then we move into the second game, and the second game is the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals, and this one lived up to expectations. This was a battle uh, royale of of epic proportions because the truth of the matter is, watching that game, it, it really I picked the Chiefs to win. But it was like a minuscule percentage because they were so beat up. And then when you saw them losing player after player throughout the game, it was kind of like, man, how long can they continue to hang with a very healthy Bengals team that has all their weapons and all the ability in the world? How long can they do this and, and keep going? Can you really make it through another quarter and a half? You know, halfway through the third quarter, you just started to feel like, man, they, they might be kind of out on their feet. And it's just they just continue hanging there. And it's just because of one man. It's it's daggone Patrick Mahomes, man. Huh. I mean, this guy is just on another level playing this quarterback position. And uh, and so yeah so so anyway thoughts on thoughts on that game what did you guys see what did you uh, what did you think about the Bengals and Chiefs? Well, I'll say that the you know briefly um, going into this game, if we thought a defense was going to play better than another, I think we all we all unanimously would have said the Bengals defense is what's yep. gonna what's gonna make Absolutely. the difference with this ball Absolutely. game. And Maybe. I think the um, Casey, you know, defense, they, they, they took that to heart. You know what I mean? Like, they knew what it is that they had to do uh, for the game. And they they played great. They kept everybody in check. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if I if I if there was anything I could take away from it, you're right. Casey just kept on losing people. Um, but the Casey's defense just, man, they just stepped up. And they did what they had to do for the game to, to look. It was an ugly outcome, 23-20. And how did it happen? The Bengals' defense made a dumb play at the end of the game. You know what I mean? There's the one player, one individual made a, a mistake that turned into uh, giving, you know, KC an opportunity to win it. And that was a difference. And, and again, going into it, there's no way I would have thought that uh, Kansas City's Chiefs' defense would have been the, you know, what helped them, Yeah, essentially, to win the game. For sure. I, I Shame on the Bengals for not winning that game. Oh, yeah. I mean, Seriously. they you couldn't have had it better set up for you to win. Exactly. I mean, and I put some of that at Burrow. I, I jokingly said, is it too early or is it a hot take to say that Burrow may be the best quarterback in the mm-hmm. NFL? You did say that. And and he was playing like it, right? I mean, and then sure. you start to think like, well, what if Patrick Mahomes had T. Higgins? And what if Patrick Mahomes had 
and mm-hmm. Jamar Chase. Yes. I mean, he's having 6,000 yards and 70 touchdowns. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? So Mahomes ends up making passes to 10 different receivers that game. Sick. Sick. 10 different people. I, I don't I don't even know they had 10 different players that they could throw the ball to, you know, without, <laughs> you, know, without you know, a tackle. <laughs> right, a tackle being eligible or something. So <laughs> now here's the thing we'll get into. And I, I – I, I kind of threw this at you guys. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you your, your questions on this. So I went back and watched the, um, I don't know, like last nine, ten minutes of that game, right? So Bengals get the ball back with 236 left. It was a punt. They get it. It was pretty deep, right? So they get into a third and 16 uh, with an intentional grounding. They managed to convert that, right? So they convert the there third and 16, which... You know, that was a big one because I think, believe that was to Hayden Hurst, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that I think was you're right a pass. on the uh, lower sideline. Yeah. Yeah. Triple H. So at that point, there's 56 seconds left in the game. They end up getting into a third and eight after that. And and they uh, believe he ends up getting sacked, right? To make it a third and eight. So now yeah. at that point, they're at their, there's 39 seconds left and they're at their 35. So theoretically, from what I remember in that game, um, uh, the who's the kicker that does the um, the Miami kicker, Dolphins kicker, who is doing the commentary um, during the, the game. commentary for the for the game for the game. Oh man, I, I you got know. me there. Jay Feely oh, no. was it Feely? Not Feely. Did Jay? Yeah, Jay Feely. The Feely? There is I thought, Jay Feely. I, I thought he was a quarterback. Yeah. He's a kicker. <laughs> Isn't that Jay, That's AJ Jay Fiedler? AJ Feely, Jay Fiedler. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Jay Feely, right? So the kicker, he was like doing the commentating saying, hey. But they were saying that at during the warm-ups, they hadn't been kicking much past the 35-yard line, that, that whole entire warm-up, right? So they're at their 35, and they got to get to, theoretically, Casey's 35. There's 39 seconds left at that point. Do you, Is there any thought of just running the ball and getting this to overtime because you know, the new overtime rules kicked in during the playoffs. Yeah. I talked about yeah, yeah. that very clearly during the broadcast that the new overtime rules were in effect. So that's, you know, regardless if Casey goes down and scores a touchdown, well, the, you know, the Eagles or, or, or you know, Cincinnati's going to have a chance to go back down here and, and kick it and, and try to get a, you know, a touchdown at that point. So I'm wondering Man, do you not try? Like, I get like you want to go for it, right? You know, like, but you end up getting a pass that's end up being incomplete. You end up kicking the ball. Sky Moore returns it twenty seven yards, puts him at right around midfield, not quite, midfield, but yeah, almost 40, midfield. 45. Yeah, you know, and then of course, you know, Osai, you got to feel you got to feel bad for him a little bit. Um, cause I don't. You know, he clearly wasn't trying to, like, no. you know, rough Patrick Mahomes at that point. Pushes him out of bounds. You know, Harrison Bucker, good on him, man. That's that's a clutch kick right there, and he's, he, oh, he's yeah. coming yeah. clutch for okay. them. Um, but, man, I'm just like, do you not consider? I wonder if that was even in Zach Taylor's mind, like, let's get this over time. You know, we, we kind of got them on their heels. Weapons, they're hurt, they're you got to try to get in field goal range. You have those weapons with that team. And, and, and Ty, I just think like it makes sense that you would attempt to get into field goal range and win the game because you don't trust Patrick Mahomes not to be able to beat you. You know, you just, and, and I mean, I don't know. It's, I, I thought the same thing at the time where it was kind of like, mean, oh, we got to get 30 yards just for overtime. You're, you're 30 yards and 39 seconds. And they would have maybe at that point, do they even have a timeout left? Maybe one. It, a, it seems that. like it's a tough yeah. task at that point to try and ask your quarterback to get 30 yards when you've only scored 20 points all game. You've already thrown two picks. It, <laughs> a, that seems like a tough task. So, ah, man, I I just wonder if that was even in their vocabulary of like, hey, let's chill out. They're hurt. They're injured. They've given us all they have. Let's get this to overtime. You know, their luck's about to run out. You know, yeah, of course they got Patrick Mahomes, but they don't have any receivers at this point. You know, Scantling, Valdez Scantling, everybody's right. Valdez Scantling is is your number one at that point, and yeah. played awesome. I mean, he sure. really did. But you know, at that point, you know, you got your Mike Hilton, you got you've got all those DBs. You know, you've got that defense of Cincinnati's. <sighs> 
man, that's a tough task. So I, I yeah, well, look, I, I just, I, I think if you were, if you're the Bengals, this was exactly what you would have ever hoped for to be able to win this game. If you're a Bengals fan, if you said, yeah. okay, so wait a minute, you mean to tell me we get to come into the game. Mahomes is going to have a high ankle sprain. And throughout and the game, they're going to lose yeah. multiple starters. They're going to lose, I don't remember off the top of my head, four, five, six starters to injury during the game. Yep. Yeah. And we're going to stay almost completely healthy. Uh, you're going to really, thats I mean, that's exactly what you would have hoped would have happened. I mean, that's your setup to win. And to, to have all of that go your way and still lose the game, I mean, that's just, look, that... Yes, we can. I'll be the first to give tons of credit to Mahomes because almost any other quarterback, uh, the Chiefs lose that game. Maybe any other quarterback, the Chiefs lose that game. I'd say, yeah. But, but man, I, I, you also have to make sure that Joe Burrow and the Bengals get plenty of blame for finding a way to 100%. lose a game that seemed almost unlosable for them. Uh, it, the breaks went their way, and they still could not manage to win. And so that tells me, if you can't win that game in that situation, you didn't deserve a win. And now you see, of course, on Twitter and everywhere else, these Bengals fans, you know, complaining and saying bad calls and the refs and all this kind of stuff. But maybe yeah. that's all true. Maybe there were bad calls. Maybe the refs, maybe this, that. None of that should have mattered. At the end of the nope. game, like, yes, Osai pushing Mahomes out of bounds, whatever, yes, that, that's that that contributed but the fact that you were in a situation to where a penalty was going to lose you the game like that that that's not osai's fault and i i'm like look the guy's trying to make a play he's a young guy trying to make a play i i, I don't see that as a big deal uh the fact that you were ever in this situation and even if that hadn't been called a penalty they weren't out of time so yeah. they were still in a situation to be able to throw a pass over the middle again travis kelsey you know catches that ball gives himself up you know and then you spike it kick a long yeah. field goal. It would have been a longer field goal. But the point is there's every possibility that you lose that game even without the penalty on Osai. Exactly. So I, I think it's an oversimplification to pretend that if that penalty hadn't happened, the you know the Bengals would have won. They had all game to win, and they just couldn't do it for whatever reason. And I'll tell you, you know, I, this is one of the things that you know we were all texting about on the group chat uh, in the game, and I mentioned it before the game started about how I really hoped – that the Chiefs came into that game pissed off because the Bengals certainly ran their mouths before that game in a way that was surprising to me. Like, in my experience, in my opinion, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm more of the kind of maybe old school on some of that stuff, right? I, like, I, I'm more of the, the Barry Sanders type of just, like, act like you've been there before. And I think a lot of times when you just haven't been relevant forever as a franchise, the moment you become slightly relevant, it's like you just want to announce it and talk tough and make sure everyone knows you're there. Yeah. And if you're somebody like the Chiefs who wins all the time, like there's nothing to say, right? We're going to go out. We're going to do the job. But then when you insult them <laughs> and you're talking trash and even just a weird creepy, cringy comments that the mayor of Cincinnati made about wanting, you know, Mahomes or Burrow to take a paternity test because he's Mahomes' father and just so weird and, yeah. like, all the stuff. And then, you know, referring to their stadium as Burrowhead Stadium. It's like you knew you're pissing this team off. Why? Why give them you, you, any You want to do it. It makes no sense. Like, go in and win and then talk. But sure. don't talk ahead of time about, you know, like, you own the stadium, you own the quarterback. You beat them three times. Like, this is not, like, you know, the end of the world. You're going into the AFC championship game. This is the one that counts. Why would you talk trash? It's just it, insulting them makes no sense. And for the people that think, oh, well, that doesn't really matter in the game, they made it very clear after the game it did matter. Sure, oh, yeah. The players across the board, everyone talked about it. Jabroni. Yep. Is that yeah, I mean, you heard yeah. yeah, Travis Kelsey, Chris, yeah. you know, Chris Jones talking about, like, you know, hey, this you don't come in here and disrespect Arrowhead. And, you know, like all of these, everybody had those things. I mean, Mahomes has come out and just said, yeah, man, I like even the mayor was attacking me. Like, I don't understand. So this <laughs> just fuel to their fire that makes no sense for you to do. You're playing against a fantastic team. And yeah. I like, and then of course you lose to them. And, and uh, when you were so perfectly set up to win, it's just even more embarrassing for that team and that city in terms of how they handled themselves.
It was. It's funny because I was just about to attempt Patrick Mahone saying something, but I can't. I can't quite mimic his voice. The voice that he <laughs> has is, you, is quite you can't unique. Get that high. U- unique yeah. voice that he displays when he voice. does. He does talk. Um, but like even to piggyback on what you were saying, Jeff. Um, you know when it came down to it, with 39 seconds left on the clock, and you had a decision of what you do, what you were going to do. To me, I think that's where coaching comes into play, right? Um, yeah. Say the rules were reversed. Say Andy Reid was in that situation, even though he had. Uh, he has probably the, arguably the greatest quarterback in the game right now. I still think that he would have probably played to try to get a play out there. Um, but at the same time, knowing that he was so beat up, he would have probably tried to play for overtime where this new, uh, this new thinking of these, these coaches whom are starting to lose, uh, you know, lose their jobs in the young minds uh, with these young guns out there, um, you know, like, like Kingsbury and stuff like that, this new school of thought of going for it, being aggressive, yeah. Um, where this kind of bit him in the ass, right? Um, yeah. Where, like, I think the older coaches who've kind of been there uh, more often than not uh, sit there and they think about the situation a little bit more um, and aren't going to be so aggressive and, and try to try to make something happen when they know it's not there. Like, you're right. The Bengals should have probably played for overtime and, and try to go, go at it from that approach more than anything else because, yes, the rule changed because of them. You know what I mean? Because of the situation that happened to them. So I think coaching... Um, might have had something to to do with that whole thing at the end of the ball game as well. Um, but when you have Mahomes and you know, and then an unfortunate an unfortunate play uh, with that 15 yard penalty late hit, uh, you know, out of bounds, it it all just ended up going against the Bengals after, the, like you said correctly, Ted, uh, that young young guns you know mentality, this new millennial thinking of just being able to run your mouth and not thinking about the consequences afterwards. Right, yeah. you're just going to keep saying what it is that you have to say and not think that okay, there's a game to be played. And, you know, it's, it's not like as if this is the first time we've ever heard that it's a hard, it's hard to play at Arrowhead. I think we've, we've known this since the inception of Arrowhead. You don't go in there, you know, thinking that you're going to win a game. It's not an right. easy place to play. Fire the crowd right. up even more. You know more, what I mean? Like, you know, what, exactly, what, yeah. what's going on here? You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Here's, well, here's my so, question. Yeah, go ahead. Is, how how do the Bengals recover from this, right? Like, I know, and maybe this is what sets professional athletes, um, th- this is what sets them apart from you, I, right? You've worked so hard to get here. You've made it to the Super Bowl <laughs> and lost. Now you've made it back to the AFC Championship game. Should have won. Again, everything set up for you to win and you lose. How do you then go back into an off season and start this thing all over again? And, Ask Jim Kelly. And, right. Yeah. I mean, right. I mean, yeah. that's the only person. Like, there's not very many people that that are you know that have been through that. That like, I I lose the Super Bowl. I'm back and I make the AFC Championship game and I lose. Like, it, it's hard to keep climbing that that mountain. And yeah. I mean, look, this is a young team, so maybe they're they're resilient. You don't have a ton of you know, veterans that are going to be frustrated, but it's, it's not going to be easy. And this division is only going to get harder. And that's it. Right. It's going to keep getting better. I mean, you look at what the love them, hate them. I hate them, but look what the Browns did at the end of the season. Leo, look, look, look how Deshaun played at the end of the season. He's going to figure it out. Like he's Deshaun Watson. He's not a terrible quarterback, right? Kenny Pickett's coming on, right? Kenny Pickett's coming on. He, Played exceptionally well down the stretch. Lamar Jackson's going to be back. Like, yeah, it's it's not going to be easy. It's this was their chance, right? This was their opportunity to get back there again. And well, they, they're getting ready to have to start paying their players. Yep. I mean, Burrow's so, up for an extension this off season. I yep. mean, and you got to think, and he probably deserves to be at least the second highest played player in the league. You know, maybe third, but. And we'll see. There's some talks that yeah. he may try to take that Brady route where he takes a little bit less to make sure everyone else can get paid and you can build a team around them. But, I mean, how much less is he going to take, right? <laughs> yeah, I he's mean, not going to take know, $20 million a year. He's you got a lot gonna, of guys to pay on that team. That's exactly it. I mean, so, it, man, this was a squandered opportunity. I will say that for sure. Yeah, yeah. This was, the, the, uh, guys, uh, just just to put a fine point on it, right, we're, we're talking about Burrow and, and how great he is. Um, and yes, he went to the Super Bowl and, and they 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 lost. Um, you know, let's not forget how effing difficult it is to get to that game. Think about this: Rodgers, 
who we argue is probably one of the greatest people out there, one time. Yeah, he won yep. it. You know, think about Dan Marino. No. One time, and he lost. Mm-hmm. Did he ever get there again? No, man. It's not easy to get to that game. And no. the fact that people, like, you know, want to just be like, oh, well, we'll get him next year. Like, it doesn't work like that, man. No. Free agency, injuries, just, just you know, just all these things that go into it. Like, you got to think about all the greats that have been there only. Joe Flacco. Like, let's go down the list of great quarterbacks that have been there one time. And, yeah. and yes, he ended up winning it. But let's like, – come on, guys. Let's, let's yeah. be serious yeah. here. People go to the show, and they never get to go back to it because it's it. not easy in the NFL no. to make that happen. And that's why you take advantage when you get it again. Yep. You would have given me these odds. I would have taken Bengals double digits. If you would have told me everything that you told me was going to happen this game, I would say, yeah, Bengals cakewalk through this one, right? Yeah. Yeah. What a a missed opportunity. So I'm curious how they rebound from this. Well, look, I got a question here that kind of this this opens to the door to a question I was kind of curious to get your take on. We're talking a little bit about young guns, young quarterbacks, you know, this stuff. And so it, it kind of got me thinking about other quarterbacks and, and again, what it takes to be able to get to the Super Bowl. So I wanted to throw out some names here and get you guys' kind of take on who you think is the most likely to get to this Super Bowl first. I don't care about winning it or not, but just getting there, right? So I've got four young quarterbacks I'm going to throw out there, and I want you guys to, to kind of tell me what you think as far as who is the most likely of these quarterbacks to get to a Super Bowl first. We're going to say Trevor Lawrence. What? I, I was just going to ask, in their entirety of their career, whether they stay with the same organization, or you're saying with the organization that they're with at this moment, will they get to the Super Bowl? Will they saying ever get exactly to the what I said. Saying exactly what I said. Who who gets to the Super Bowl first? Of these players, who gets to the Super Bowl first? Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Tua, Justin Herbert. Can we don't I know what's going to happen in their careers. We don't know like where or when or anything else, but just knowing what we know as we sit here right now, of those four, who do we think gets to a Super Bowl first? It's not an easy question. It's, it's it, it, it seems easy on the surface, but when you start digging into it, it's it's not well, as no. simple. I mean, because you have to think these four quarterbacks, maybe not Tua, depending on his health, are probably going to be long-term with the same team, right? I mean, we don't see Trevor going anywhere. Justin's not going anywhere. Either Justin's going anywhere. Tua might be the only one that would go somewhere else. And then you think, all right, so now you've got um, Lawrence, uh, Justin Herbert, and Mm -hmm. um, uh, Tua are now all in the AFC. Who are they going to have to get past? Well, we just talked about them. (laughs) Joe Burrow. Yep. You're going to have to get past Joe. Josh Allen. Patrick Mahomes. That's not, not to mention be, Lamar or Kenny not Pickett, to depending Lamar, on what they do. I mean, plus yeah. all the upcoming players Deshaun. that are coming through. <laughs> right. And then you have Justin Fields, who plays for the Bears. Yeah. yeah. Who apparently just refused to give this guy any any type of um any type of receiver. I'm a Justin Fields fan. I I I'll say this much. I I I like the kid's game. I mean, I think you just have to give him receivers. And they went out and they got Chase Claypool. Thank you very much for giving us the 30-second pick in the (laughs) the NFL draft. For like 20 years. Yeah, and Chase Claypool is probably not it. Now you're going to have to figure out what you're going to pay him because now you can't let him go. And he knows you can't let him go. So now he's going to take it. up too much. I mean, honestly, I don't – if you have to pick – I don't know that there's one that – I don't know that any of them are going to make it. If I have to pick, the better out of all of them would be Justin Herbert. And so I would pick him. But do I think Herbert will make a Super Bowl? I think maybe he could get one in his in his career. But I, I, I And that would probably everything going the correct way. And that would require the Chargers to not Charger themselves as they – tend to do every single year. So I, I would I would go Herbert just because he's the better out of all four of them. It's okay. it's I think it's funny how you, you broke it down early on, uh, Jeff, by saying like who is it that they have to go up against, right? So if if I were to go ahead and then on just on that alone, right? I think, you know, Justin 
Fields would have the best chance because who in the NFC is he really is his competition when it when it all boils down. So obviously Jalen Hurts, right? Because he's going to the Super Bowl. Um, Dak Prescott, if we think about it, like if if the Cowboys don't you know can't get out of their own freaking way, that guy's never going to end up going to a Super Bowl, right? Um, but then you have aging stars like uh, Brett Favre, or Brett Favre, geez, uh, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, <laughs> right? Same yeah, time. same same guy. Um, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. You have Tom Brady. Like you have where the the if I if I were to give somebody a chance, be, it, just just thinking about how you broke it down in that in that way, then I would I would lean towards Justin Fields. I'm not saying it's going to happen. And yes, I agree with you a thousand percent. Talent wise, the looks of it, Justin Herbert is like. Come on, he is he is the model of what every you know coach thought a quarterback would be, right? He yep. gives you all of those things on a torn labrum and a, a, a fractured rib, mind you. He did what he did this year with those things going on in his body. Okay, yeah, get, yep. let's let's be honest. That's that's unbelievable. So I'm only saying strictly because of the division that they're in. The you know the, I, I I would think that Justin Fields would have the best chance. Um, but he needs a lot of help. Um, no way to a um, Herbert. There's just there's just too much going up against them. And is that franchise gonna be able to do? Um, you know, will the Chargers do everything they need to do to get them to where they need to be? That's that's I look at everything, um, and I just say, yeah, I, I think Justin Fields is the guy that that would do it. Well, it's interesting. You know, I I struggle with this, of course, but I actually think I might go Trevor Lawrence here, and. Uh-huh. The rationale for this is if we look at the team that is now around him and only primed to get better when Calvin Ridley comes back, and we look at the coach, mm-hmm. so he has the best coach. He has arguably, other than Tua having Tyreek, he has probably the best receiving core overall um, and a solid run game. So well, Tyreek and, and Jalen Waddle. Well, true, but they also play in an incredibly weak division. And this was the Patriots' recipe for success for all those years. I mean, you had a solid 10 years. That's it. You had a solid 10-plus years of knowing you were going to to win the vast majority. I mean, you you had 8 to 10 wins just to start the season because there was no one in that division. And so now when you look at a Jags team and, and can pretty safely say, they're the most talented and best coached team in their division. If you're able to start off with home field advantage or at least a, a home game in the playoffs consistently, man, that's a huge leg up. And you have a really experienced coach with a lot of postseason experience in particular. We saw, I mean, look, what the Jags were able to do this year, end of the year and in the postseason, was really very much a function of Doug Peterson being their head coach. Yep. And more than anything, I think we started to see that disparity when you look at a Brandon Staley with the Chargers and you look at a Doug Peterson with the Jags. What a difference, right? Because you could say that that the Chargers lost because of Brandon Staley, or at least he certainly wasn't helping them win. And you could say very safely that the Doug Peterson influence kept the Chargers in games that, I mean, look, let's face it, they they were really, really, really tight in that game against the Chiefs, and everyone assumed they would get blown out. And so, you know, they won, they're getting in, they they're, they're, they're played the Chiefs incredibly tough, and now the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. So, you know, this is, I, I think there's a window that's open. They're a very young team. Uh, I think there's a window open there. I'm going to go... Trevor Lawrence. I see the argument for any of them. Sure. Uh, but, but you know, with Tua, it's 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 mainly health is my concern there because they got the receivers, and from what we've seen in a small window of time, you know, Mike, Mike McDaniel looks like a good coach. So they look like the real deal from that perspective. But it's a more competitive division that they're in than the Jags. Justin Fields, look, the Bears organization has been really bad for a really long time. It has nothing to do with him as a quarterback. I think he can evolve, but th- there's just so much help needed there, and they have not shown that that capacity. But they've got a ton of cap space, oh, so yeah. they can make the moves. Just reading today that they'll have like thirty-four million dollars more than the than next the second, pl- the yeah. second place second team <laughs> with the sick. number one draft pick. The uh, that number two pick that 
I bet they wish they had that back. I mean, I really do. Although apparently they're high on Claypool, so we'll see. But um, that they should be able to build it. And and I mean, I think that their new GM and everything—that's a Kansas City, right? They they—that's a Kansas City um, GM that came in. I, I'm pretty sure. So I mean, you know, presumably then how to build a um, yeah. you know, build a roster. So yeah, I, I mean, I th- I think it would be good. I mean, with the Jags. I mean, let's be honest. Like they, they shouldn't have. I mean, what they finish eight and nine this year, nine and eight, whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and and that's really only because Tennessee lost Eric Henry. That's real, you know, Enron Tannehill, where they, you know, they didn't have anyone. They, they wouldn't even be in this conversation right now, you know, as far as like this all great. Do you see Jackson? Or do you see Tennessee as a team on the upswing or the downswing? Depends on what they do. Depends on what they do a quarterback. Depends on what the, you know how they rebuild it. You know, they're going to have some money. They're going to have some talent to you know that they can uh, they can build upon. You know, does you know Aaron Rodgers want to come in there? You know, I mean, does he want to? Does he think he can come in and and uh, and lead the team? You know. I feel like it. I feel like Tennessee is a sneaky good spot for Aaron Rodgers. Likely so out of Aaron Rodgers to land there. I mean, I think it's Jets so and Tennessee are the most likely. Yeah. Um, again, you can't you can't rule out the Raiders sneaking into that because Devontae's there, sure. um, and you know, and, and they you know they'd love to be able to have him, and and you know they feel like they're in a in a win now, compete now, and you got to sell tickets there. So sure. you can't rule that out completely. Um, and I, you know, so yeah, it's going to be interesting, but I think, I think Tennessee right now is on the downswing. Uh, I think they've run the wheels off of Derrick Henry. So they got to yeah. come up with something else there They uh, traded away I, AJ Brown for nothing at all. Uh, and then you fire your GM. So there's just so many, now they got the new GM Rand Carthon in there from the Niners. You got a lot of interesting things that are going to have to come together for them. Yeah. They could change super quickly and, and, and make it happen. But I yeah. just think. They're they're in a rebuilding mode in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I don't think they're they're going to go into it that way. I think they will go into it, you know, trying to go all in at least this year and see what happens. Of course, but um, I, I mean, I I think the Jags are going to be good. Like I said, I mean, you 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 can't deny what they're doing, right? I mean, it, it's just did we get on the hype train a little too much just because they you know won a really 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 terrible division this year? Well, someone had to win it, of course, but, um, you know, and then they played a, a Chargers team who charger themselves out of every <laughs> major game that they're in. So so we'll see. Well, it's a good I'll question. Give you a little stat. I'll give you a little stat on Tennessee that I think is pretty interesting. Their offense, in fact, I'll give you this, the whole division, okay? Points four, right? The, the offensive points scored. Texans were the worst with 289, 289 points. Colts tied with them, 289 points. Titans, 298 points. Very close. Jacksonville, 404 points. They scored 102 more points than any, sorry, 106 more points than any, than the second place team in that division. I mean, they should have. 100 more points. That's that's pretty daggone good. Now they did go nine and eight, and when you look at their their points against, I, I mean, honestly, like it, it, you start to wonder how Jacksonville only managed to win nine games because they had three hundred and fifty scored against them. The Titans had three fifty nine. The Colts had four twenty seven. The Texans had four twenty. So Jacksonville had one hundred and six more points that they scored than any other team in their division, and they they allowed the fewest points in their division. Uh, and they were pretty equal on the home on home and away. They were five and three at home, four and five on the road. They won five straight to end the season, so they they started to get some things figured out. So I mean, you know, if you look at it from a, a statistical perspective, yeah, just throw the record aside, and Jacksonville starts to look like a surprisingly good uh, you know team that you may not have have necessarily thought of. In that way, because of record. Well, I mean, some people just have biases against them. 
Just saying, if you want to crown their butts, crown their butts. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, you know, let's, let's, let's be honest. They, you know, they did play, again, injured Tennessee team. They played the Houston Texans twice. They played the, the Colts twice. So, again, that's not – It's a. It's, someone has to win the division. They won it. Congratulations. But, um, you know, they they really went all in on this year. I mean, so we'll see kind of what next year holds or their cap space because, I mean, they really went out, probably overpaid for Zay Jones, probably overpaid for Christian Kirk. You know, they, they you know, they paid a ton for, you know, an offensive uh, offensive tackle in uh, Brandon Sheriff. You know, it they spent a crap ton of money. So, yeah, they, they should have. Um, and they got a fantastic coach. So I, I, I'm not going to put anything against them, but – We'll just hold off and see. I mean, I guess the question goes back to, you know, can anyone get through the four, three, four major quarterbacks in the AFC yeah. to, to, to get to that first Super Bowl? So it's um, it's going to well, be close. And that's, that's the right, you know, it, that's going to be the way they do it is by getting home field advantage, you know, beating up on, the you know, their division, making sure they can get, home games and the playoffs got to get those yeah i mean i'll tell you so looking at them it's kind of interesting right so if you look at the jags we talked about they scored 404 they let up 350 points if you look at who's closest to that weirdly enough they stack up extremely well to one cincinnati bengals give you an idea Jags scored 404. The Bengals scored 418. The Jags allowed 350. The Bengals allowed 322. The difference was Bengals won their home games. They went 6-1 at home. Jags 5-3 at home. Uh, and the Bengals were 6-3 on the road. The Jags were 4-5 on the road. Bengals ended the season winning 8 straight. Jags ended the season winning 5 straight. So, I mean... Again, now, against a different quality opponents, right? There's no taking away from that. Uh, but I do think it's going to be interesting to see just, okay, how does Jacksonville continue to carry that forward? Because they got a lot of momentum. Got a lot of young players right now that are starting to get that first taste of winning. They have a low enough cap right now that they could, you know, continue to, to stack things up, you know, and that Calvin Ridley deal, that could be that, a steal for that's them. That's factor. And you, we'll see how they, you know, now they're not going to be, they're, you know, they're, they won the division, so now teams are going to be gunning for them. They can't take yeah. them lightly, so we'll see how they react to it. So, it next season should be should be good, should be fun. So, um, I, I'll still stick with uh, Justin Herbert. Somehow, I mean, he's most talented, I, I, being I mean, yeah, the most the talented quarterback, should. and and just willing that team to a, to a Super Bowl. So, yeah. yeah well, also agreed. being that we're we're taking the, in the entirety entirety of their career into into that situation, not just sticking with who they're with. Um, I think the kid's smart enough to know if the Chargers aren't willing to get it done, he would leave to a bad situation. I think you're right. I think, I think that, that's right. how it'll end up. So Sure hope so. Although Philip Rivers San Diego stuck around. Or, or that's LA or or that's, that else. is tough, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Philip Rivers <laughs> certainly stuck around for everything. <laughs> yeah. He was he was fine with the mediocrity. So, that's, that's so right. we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we're not going to make our Super Bowl picks tonight or anything like that. We're going to save that for next week's show. Uh, but we will start to kind of put some put some thoughts together on on what that's looking like. Um, anything that we need to touch on before we start to uh, slowly wrap things up for uh, for this episode? Anyone have anything else? I mean, uh, I think soon we'll probably drop in some some knowledge on where we think people might end up quarterback wise. If we think there's going to be a shuffle, I'm, I'm sure we can touch base on that on our next show. Uh, I got some some inside information on what could be happening with the Dolphins, so I definitely would like to to share my thoughts on what that could be like. Um, so nice. yeah, I think we have some material to keep everybody posted for next week. What? Yeah, Let's we got go. some interesting things coming up because uh, you know, look, we we got our Super Bowl show coming up next week. That's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have some off season things, uh, you know, to discuss here as as things continue to because we didn't even get into tonight. We don't have time to get into. All of the coaching changes, the coaching carousel going on now, all of a sudden, last minute, it's looking like Sean Payton may be going to Denver, D'Amico Ryan's ending up in Houston, uh, you know, so so it's, uh, 
yeah, things are things are happening in real time. Uh, Kellen Moore now the offensive coordinator of the Chargers. So there's just a, there's a lot of things moving, um, and so there's 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 a lot of questions and storylines around some of those moves that I, I know we're going to want to explore here over the next uh, couple of weeks. So. Uh, and then we get ready for the off season. But again, this isn't a football show. I want to be clear for everyone. We're talking a lot of football recently because of, you know, that's what we're watching. That's what's going on. It's the big story. This isn't a football show. And so, in fact, probably tonight was maybe a little too in-depth on football. But uh-huh. but the reality is, you know, there, there is a lot of interest around that right now for us and for, you know, for our fans. We've had a ton, a ton of of people weighing in on some of the the content, the videos, the podcast and everything recently uh, as, you know, we were going through the wild card round and the divisional rounds and the championship rounds, uh, you know, a lot of fans weighing in people really, you know, feeling strongly about their teams and, and how they were going to represent. And so, um, you know, we're sticking with that to wind out the season, but uh, you know, we'll start to kind of evolve away from that and get into what the normal show is when we're not into uh, in, into postseason play in, uh, in the NFL. So, Looking forward to that as well. A little off season for us as well from from football, and uh, and yeah. Otherwise, looking forward to it, gents. So we'll we'll get together next week. We will get ready to uh, have a have another good conversation leading up to the Super Bowl uh, between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. Have a good night, everybody. Hi, right. y'all. See you.